Hey all you tunes out there and welcome back to another episode of History of Animation. Today I thought it'd be fun to talk about an animation director whose work is just as, if not more relevant today than when it first came out. His name is Satoshi Kon. Honestly, if you had never heard of him before, I wouldn't be surprised. While his work has had a huge impact on Western filmmakers, I don't think many people pay attention to those who are behind anime. Of course, that's just one of the reasons why I've created this podcast. So, let's get into it. Satoshi Kon was born October 12, 1963. He went to Mushashino Art University and studied to become a painter. In 1984, he released his first manga, named Toriko. This manga actually got the attention of Katsuhiro Otomo, the creator of Akira. He hired Kon to be an assistant for his manga and anime. Despite how busy that must have made Kon, he still continued writing his own manga. In 1996, he released the famous manga Opus. God, I, I probably pronounced that wrong. I'm sorry, I'm doing my best here. This is about a manga artist who got sucked into his own work. The surrealism in this story is similar to the animes that he would become famous for. So this all leads up to his first film, Perfect Blue, in 1997. It stars a woman who's a retired pop star. She's trying to start a new career as an actor, but is also dealing with a stalker who is an obsessive fan from her pop star days. Her stress begins to break her, and she stops being able to tell what's real. The themes of this film surround one's identity, your perception of yourself versus how others perceive you. Honestly, it's a theme that's only become more relevant in today's age with, you know, the rise of social media and stuff. It's an amazing and thrilling film, though I do feel I should give a trigger warning before recommending it. There are some scenes that involve sexual assault, so if that's not something you want to watch, totally understand. His next movie, Millennium Actress, was released in 2001, and is often considered a masterpiece of animation. This again stars an actress, but this one is old. She recounts her life mostly through the roles she had played throughout her career, and of course includes the surrealism that Cohn is known for, as well as displays his love of cinema. Tokyo Godfathers is his third film and was released in 2003. I found an article in the Japan Times calling it a unexpected anime classic for the holidays. The first line in this article states, kidnapping, gangsters, drag clubs, car crashes, stabbings. Tokyo Godfathers is not your average Christmas movie. And if it's, that isn't the perfect description to convince you to watch it next Christmas season, I, I don't know what else to tell you. His next project wasn't a film, but a TV series called Paranoia Agent. It was released in 2004, 
and is 13 episodes long. In the series, people are getting attacked by a serial assailant dubbed Shonen Bato, or Little Slugger in the English dub. This is due to the fact that though none of those assaulted get a good look at him, they all describe him as being a boy on rollerblades, wielding a bat. It's been a while, but I do remember watching this series when it first came out on Adult Swim. I don't think I was a big fan of it, but that's probably has more to do with me than the show. I get scared easily, and this could be considered a psychological thriller. I'd probably enjoy it a lot more now. His last film is probably what he's no most known for. This film is Paprika and was released in 2006. It's an adaptation of a 1993 novel of the same name. This movie continues the surrealism that he's known for and makes you question what reality even is. In this one, a machine is made that allows people to enter others' dreams. Of course, stuff goes wrong and dreams and reality start to melt together. It's another film that I highly recommend. Sadly, while he wanted to continue working on his films, he became too sick to work. His last piece of work was on a animated anthology series made up of 15 one-minute shorts. Each of these were made by a different Japanese director. Cohn's section is titled Good Morning. In 2010, he passed away of pancreatic cancer. He was only 46 years old. He left behind some unfinished projects, mainly The Dream Machine. This was going to be a film set in the future starring robots. After he passed, it was decided that no one would be able to finish the film in a way that would do him justice, so it was scrapped. I feel like his death was a major loss for all of cinema. I remember when Inception came out, and there were people accusing Nolan of stealing the idea from Paprika. Well, I feel like stealing is a bit too far. Nolan did admit that he was inspired by Paprika, which is pretty obvious. I mean, a machine that allows you to go into people's dreams is too general a concept to be really considered cones alone, but Nolan also made a few scenes that look very similar to scenes in Paprika. And seriously, if you like Inception, watch Paprika. It's like Inception, only in my opinion is much better. Darren Aronofsky, another live-action director, also says that Cone was a major influence on his work. He used the bathtub scene from Perfect Blue in two of his movies, Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan. He even wrote a eulogy for Cone after he passed. On January 25th, 2020, he, Cone won the Windsor McKay Award, one of the highest awards given to people in the animation industry. Considering how all of his work is critically acclaimed, it's really no surprise that he earned that award. While I would like to remind all of you to like the episode and follow for more animation history, I thought for this one, I'd leave off on one of Satoshi Kon's final quotes. With a feeling of gratitude for all that is good in this world, I put my pen down. Well, I'll be leaving now.